It is Thursday, October 6, 2022. I am Matthew Barris, and welcome to Enter the Batcave. And today we're going to be looking at the Tomb of Dracula, issue number 6, The Moorlands Monster. This came out in January of 1973, and where we last left off, Frank Drake and Rachel Van Helsing rescued Taj from um, from oh yeah, rescued him from Castlevania. And, well, of course, the Castlevania of, uh, from the old Transylvania. And, of course, Dracula now appears in the real world once again with Eleanor, his, um, uh, sorry, Lenore, I should say. Lenore. And his long-lost love. And now, they travel to Moore's Lands, where they will encounter another monster. And also, Frank and Rachel get a little closer, if you know what I mean. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Two. Dracula, the Moorlands Monster. Out of Transylvania in the last century, through the mystic mirror of time itself, step Count Dracula and his fellow vampire, Lenore, into the faded crypt of a ruined chapel somewhere on an English moor. They do not see feral eyes that blaze, nor the shaggy grotesque body of him who watches. We've done it, Lenore. We've escaped Frank Drake and that damnable clever Rachel Van Helsing. A cool wind ruffles long hair as something weird and alien moves to the hollow tread of echoing footsteps i hung i hunger dracula we shall feast soon dear lenore miss a shrew through those vampiric shapes as they pick a path across vast moorlands let us separate for better hunting Go your way, Lenore, as I go mine. Soon, only the leathery flap of bat wings tell where the undead hunt their prey. Not far away, a servant girl pauses. What's that? A, a large bat flying toward me? Oh no! Now it's changing into a man and ah! 
No human ear hears that terrified scream. No human voice answers its agonizing appeal. Now to return to that ancient chapel crypt for a long sleep before the break of a cursed dawn. Behind his cloaked figure, he leaves only death. And then sobs rise into the mist from the great hairy thing that crouches, grieving. Food must eat. Then, having feasted, the moorland's monster lifts a limp burden and stalks off through the thick mist. Hide her. Go to hide her. Hide. Hide. Toward its lair in the ruined chapel. In a nearby village, the shadow of a hunting bat hovers over. An unsuspecting young man heading homeward from the local pub. Terror etches hard lines in his face as he sights the bared fangs and slavering lips of the female vampire. No! The wind moans as if in sorrow for the dead body lying in its path. But, wit by, uh, I'm sorry, while at this moment in the strange way mansion, Rachel Van Helsing, Frank Drake, and Taj emerge from the fluid folds of the black mirror. Count Dracula can't be too far ahead of us. We followed him through the mirror in that Transylvanian mausoleum almost instantly. But Whitby the butler has bad news. I'm truly sorry, madam. I mean, ma'am. Dracula never returned through that mirror. I've kept watch. I know. If he's back in England, then he found a different mirror to come out of at a distant spot. Disappointment furrows their faces as they turn to resume their search. Then, why, it's Inspector Chen. I came here, hoping to find you. We found a dead body on the moors, completely drained of blood. A shaggy monster of some sort has also been reported on those same moors, though it's never done anyone any harm before. This sounds like the work of Count Dracula, not that of any so-called monster. Soon after, at an ancestral home of one lord and lady Deering on those very moors. While it's true that we Deerings are lords of the manor in these parts, I'm afraid we can't help you. All we can tell you is one of our servant girls is missing. You know nothing of the dead man, then? You see, we have reason to suspect that a vampire is loose in this district. Am I mistaken? Or is that a look of relief upon their faces? 
Yes. Great joke. I also noticed that Deering's appeared relied when you blamed Dracula for the death of that young man. I wonder why. We may learn the answer to that later. Right now, all we can do is pick up the trail of the missing girl and follow it. Her, her footprints end here on rocky ground. We must split up, fan out, and try to find them again. I'll go that way, past that lightning blasted oak for ten minutes. Rachel Van Helsing hunts through the moorland mist. Then, ah! The footprints and a bat flying high. Her eyes widen as it's heading for that ruined chapel. I have a white thorn stake in my handbag. If that bat is Count Dracula, I'll follow and destroy him. Within the damp, moss-hung walls of the ancient crypt, a bat comes flying to shimmer and grow into the awesome shape of Lenore, eyes glistering fangs gleaming in the dim light. Now to seek out a coffin and claim it as my own. I have fested well. It is the time for rest. Hollow foot tails alert her to the threat. What's this? A woman following me. Oh no, the Whitthorn stake caught in my handbag. And another part of the chapel. That scream. Taj. Rachel is in deadly danger. She's somewhere in the old ruins. But where? And will will be will we be in time to save her? Look. A dead girl. It isn't Rachel. It must be the Deering's missing servant. There, that's Rachel's voice. It came from that direction. Looming before their eyes, crouched beyond Rachel Van Helsing, and the female vampire is Count Dracula himself. This time you won't get away, Dracula. For now, at long last, you are to die. Desperately, the great vampire claws at his female companion. I have a need for you, Lenore. He's swinging the woman into my line of fire, and it's too late to stop my triggering figure. <laughs> Dracula! Oh, could you? Deep goes that shaft, and death comes on stealthy feet for the living dead Lenore. Dracula's gone away, fleeing while we were watching the arrow go into his female consort. But Rachel's all right, and that's what counts most. Forget me. We must go after Dracula, Frank. Out across the desolate moors, half hidden in the thick mist, rising from the barren ground, races the demonic shape of Dracula. That'll never be able to follow me. These mists are as thick as those in fog-shrouded London. Raw, red fury burns in the heart of the master vampire as he crashes a path through the rotting branches of long dead trees. Those three have 
lived too long. They have begun to annoy me. Even so, I must find a way to dispose of Rachel Van Helsing, Frank Drink, and their mute servant Taj. From my researches, I have learned of a place near here, from which there can be no escape. It is the perfect death trap. All I have to do is let them follow me to it. But the cowled figure is unaware that another follows his ghostly path across the moors. <laughs> Hot eyes blaze with hate. Massive muscles flex in the lust to slay under a hairy hide. Then the mists swirl in and hide these two awesome shapes. Those same mists drape their witness about the ancient moorland chapel and those who stalk the moors in a cordage of death. Her body was drained of blood. She was the victim of a vampire, but of Dracula's or Lenore. Since she was the servant, the daring may know something, anything, which will help us in our quest. If they do not, we may never find Count Dracula again. By this time, he could be in London. I'm sorry, but I know nothing of any so-called vampire. Edwin, the only thing on the moors which might have this girl is, watch what you're saying. Be assured, Sir Edwin, a vampire killed the girl. Nothing else could have done it. And we say no one but Dracula and Lenore in the chapel. Well, no, you wouldn't. That of which I am about to speak keeps himself well hidden. Now, now, Mary. It's time, I think, to speak of this. Every few centuries, for mine is an old family, certain recessive genes come to the foe, for and a male child is born, suffering from rectitus. Rectitus is an illness that twists and mishaps the human body. That of an animal, at least it is so among the darings. Accompanying this is an illness known as navius pelosis, which causes an inordinate amount of body hair to grow. As a result, my son Randolph is a shaggy deformed monster. We hid him in the ruined chapel and sent a girl each day to feed him. He liked that girl. He would never have harmed her. Perhaps the vampire you seek is headed for Hagscroft Castle. It is an old ruin, but it has a burial vault. If a vampire would sleep in a coffin, he'd find one there. Somewhat later, on the edge of the moors, not far from Hagscroft Castle, my heart goes out to those people, imagining having a son who is a virtual monster. Strange that we didn't see him. Still, he's been trained to keep out of sight. Rachel, look! Where Taj is pointing. Sir Edwin was right. Taj has found Dracula's footprints heading north. And there's Hagscroft Castle, yonder. The mitts grown thicker 
almost hidden from view. You best hurry. Far ahead of them, the mists swirl about a cloaked figure snarling out its hate. There! There they are, following my trail. The fools, they think, to slay me. Don't they realize yet that no mere human can even harm Dracula? I'll shuttle myself as I run toward Hagscroft Castle to be sure they give chase. For in that castle lies their death trap. A dreadful doom few men know about in this day and age. Empty lie the ruins of Hagscroft Castle. Silent and eerie. Evil deeds have been done in this remnant of an earlier time. Yet none more evil than the deed the foul vampire plans as the broken pavement resounds to his racing feet. Soon they will be mine. Even if I, they will know a living death. They have taken the bait. They've advanced like sheep behind the be the bellwether to their doom. After him comes a trailing trio, deeper yet ever deeper into the groined vaults and stone crypts of this ancient castle. Anewed by its uncanny stillness and the menace of dark shadows all about them. Walk warily, Taj. Don't make a single false move. No echo sounds, no faint whisper of a breeze, nor chittering of rat answers their straining ears. It is as if this desolate waste were deserted. Careful, Taj. They fail to see the grim shape crouched and waiting, merging within the shadows. They're heading this way. It's time now to prepare my little surprise. Mighty hands fasten a carved iron cover. Massive muscles bulge, lifted upwards. Only I possess the strength to raise this lid. My death trap yawns, awaiting its victims. I rid myself first of Taj. A fist, like a stone block pile, drives a path through the air. And now for you, Frank Drake. This is my chance. If only the Withorn stick comes free. You die at last, Dracula. Let go of that stick, you fool. Against Dracula, you are powerless. Toward a black, gaping hole, he drags his victims. At long last, I am forever rid of you. There shall you lie until starvation and thirst and the knowledge of your awful fate steals your very sanity once that massive cover is put in place rachel van helsing and frank drape will live for a little while in absolute and utter darkness without hope with only despair as their companion downward he drops his unconscious prey downward into internal imprisonment into the 
damp darkness from which there is no escape. For this rock-walled chamber is an ability, where in medieval times the lords of the castle tossed their enemies to die a slow, lingering death. While you are in that ultimate blackness, Frank Drake, reflect upon the fact that you are a descendant of mine, i.e. the same vampiric blood that runs in my vein flows also in your own. Will you live by feasting on the girl, or die a living death? <clears throat> Rachel, we're done for. We can never get out of this pit. Our quest is ended. But because of that, knowing we only have a short time to live, I can only tell you what, Frank? What can you possibly have to tell me in this ability that is our living grave? I love you, Rachel. Maybe I love you from from the start, but never had the courage to say so before. Frank, dearest Frank, I don't talk. Suddenly, light stabs downward. Rachel! Somebody's removing that manhole cover. Has Dracula had a change of heart? Not he, Frank. Then who? Or what? No one but Dracula has the strength to move that cover. No, not even Tosh. Strong as he is. A shaggy something crouches low above that life-giving opening. It's the Morland's monster! Young Daring. I don't care what you look like. You're giving Frank and me a chance at a whole new life. For that, we'll always be grateful. Poor devil. His body may be bent and twisted, Rachel. But inside, despite everything, he's still a man. Frank, he can't speak clearly, but his hands. He's telling us thanks for calling him a man. Taj, you're all right. Thank heaven. I love Rachel, and she loves me. But I've got to forget about her. Dracula was right. His blood is in my veins. And who knows when I might become as he is, a vampire. I can never subject Rachel to that danger. I love her, but my love is hopeless. Sooner or later, I must give her up. Out across the moors, they stride. Soon they will part. The pitfall Randolph Deering will haunt the mysterious moors once again. Rejected by a world far less perfect, even than he. While Frank, Rachel, and Taj will continue their unrelenting mission to seek out and destroy the festering evil known as Dracula. Next, Children of Doom. And that'll do it for today's episode here and also this would be just going back here uh this would
be Garner F. Fox's last run here, his last story here on the Tomb of Dracula series here. And next week, as I mentioned, we're going to get into our next story. And the next story is Night of the Deathstalkers, issue number seven. And issue number seven is the debut of Marv Wolfman. Yep, this is where Marv Wolfman starts to take over the series. And also we're going to go into a little bit more of his uh, background as well. So, thank you all very much. Hope you all enjoyed it. And we'll get into this uh, Monday, actually. Yeah, Monday. Because, oh, sorry, just burped. Uh, Monday, I will start reading this. Yep, this is uh, four days a week. So, this is our fourth day. So, we'll be starting all over again on Monday. Until then, peace out, y'all.